Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and very special episode today. We spoke with Ricky Fowler in his preparation up to the Masters. Greg Ducharme joined me. What up, Greg? Rick, uh, this is a special one. How was that? It's not often you get a chance to speak with, honestly, an American golf icon. So this is something uh, you you definitely want to give a listen to because Ricky's just awesome. Very thoughtful guy. Very nice guy. Glad we were able to steal a couple of minutes away from him. So without further ado, let's jump into the interview. All right, very special guest on the line today. We've got Ricky Fowler joining us. Uh, obviously, preparation in full swing for the Masters. Ricky, first of all, welcome. Thanks for taking the time out of your busy schedule. Yeah, you got it. Thanks for having me on. Um, let's let's jump right into this. I think everybody, you know, wants to know uh, your preparation for the Masters. What what does that look like? How is that differing from other years? This is going to be your tenth year playing the Masters. Which, first of all, it, that's kind of crazy, right? Ten years. It seems it seems like it's gone by in a blink of an eye. Yeah, it really has. Um, no, it's a it's a special week, um, special place. It never gets old. Showing up. Uh, for for Masters Week, and typically, um, I would say over a majority of my career played the week before Augusta, and I was planning on playing Houston leading up to it. Uh, but with it being a, a new golf course, and with COVID and a lot of other outside influences going on, I just decided to uh, get an extra few days at home and. That was going to be the the prep and rest up for for Augusta. I'm actually um, going to spend Friday, Saturday uh, before the week with my coach John Tillery up where he's about a little over an hour from Augusta. So spend some time with him and then get over and get prep started um, Sunday and uh, plenty of time to ease into the week. Not going to be rushed or anything like that so i'm i'm excited uh, as is everyone else that's teamed it up on on thursday for augusta um ricky you and and john tillery who you mentioned have started this new relationship um really this year how have those swing changes been going so far and at what point what, at what stage in the process do you feel like you are um right now here in the beginning of november well we've been working i guess it's been you know a little over a year, but uh, I would say the real part of it kind of started, you know, more so once the season kicked off in January um, this, for 2020. Um, it's been tough. I mean, haven't haven't had the, the results that I would like to um, as part of as part of change, um, but I've had a lot of good rounds and uh, things to kind of keep my hopes up um but yeah i would say 
right now, um, I would definitely over the last couple of months, it's gotten a lot more uh, back to just playing. I was working so hard for a while just on what I was trying to do with the swing um, and got away from a little bit of just the, the playing side of things, which normally for me when I'm home or working on the game, I, I tend to play a lot more. Um, so getting back into that uh, the last couple of months has definitely helped. So I feel like I'm in a lot better spot um, going into the Masters than uh, really I have been all year. Yeah. Speaking of, of heading into Augusta, I mean, the, I I've been joking kind of leading up to this, you know, it doesn't matter if it's in November for us, we would take it uh, in December on Mars. It doesn't matter. We're excited for it. I imagine you are too. I imagine there's going to be good vibes as you're driving down Magnolia Lane, which by the way, how, how cool is it? So you're, you're, you're partnered up here with Mercedes Benz. How cool is it driving a Benz down uh, Magnolia Lane? It's it's cool. I mean, uh, especially the the couple times that we've we've been at Augusta and been able to to shoot some stuff with Mercedes, and you know, drove the four by four G wagon a few years ago back and forth down Magnolia Lane, and then um, like it would I was it would have been a little bit before original um, Masters time, but it feels like a while ago now. But got to uh, spend some time in the the new Mercedes Maybach GLS and uh, cruising that around on property. Um, oh, it's, it's always special to pull into Augusta, but uh, I mean, nothing but the best when you're pulling up in a Mercedes and cruising down Magnolia Lane. And, and uh, Ricky at Augusta, you've had some really, really quality starts there. You've had some great success, some really close calls, um, and, and that's happened really throughout your career, a lot of great tournaments and they haven't always ended up in, in victory, which is true for so many players. When you look at your game and evaluate where you are with your game, do you think there's one area where you could really improve? Do you think there's one thing that, um, that if you improve, it'll help get you across the line and win that first major. Hopefully that happens this, this week at the masters. Uh, for me, I'd say the consistency on iron play. Um, I feel like, as of late, I've definitely been driving it well, um, putting, uh, coming back to, to where I'm used to having it at. Um, and I guess there's a place that I'm very comfortable at. I've had a lot of success, um, been close a few times, but, um, yeah, that's, I, iron play is key, especially at a place like Augusta, being able to, um, you know, leave your spot, leave your, uh, ball in the right spot and, uh, avoid the, X's on uh, the yardage book. There's, you know, Augusta is probably one of the, when you look at it, one of the most simple golf courses um, after you've been around it with knowing pins. And there's basically half the area that you absolutely cannot hit it. And as long as you leave it in the right quadrant, um, you know, you can, you can figure it out. So when you get into trouble, it's more so getting yourself back into the right spot where you can, you know, save par and move on. But uh, like I said, I've been been driving it well. I've been driving it well at home. So um, planning for that to continue on to uh, Masters Week, and um, a lot of it's just going to come down to the consistency on iron play. Ricky, you mentioned how comfortable 
you are at Augusta. I mentioned this is going to be your 10th trip down to the Masters. Obviously, with this year, we're playing in November, and there's been a lot of anecdotes about how the course plays in November. There's been a lot of speculation about a different wind direction, and just in general, it playing uh, much longer. Maybe there's rain in the forecast, just a lot of unknowns. So for you, who has a, a baseline comfort level, how how much do you think you'll be able to adapt correctly with so much knowledge built up for this course playing in April for how it might change and play in November? Yeah, I think, um, you know, for the most part, the greens should be what we're used to. Um, you know, as long as, you know, I know there's some potential rain in the forecast. Um, that's something as, as golfers, we, we look at the weather a decent amount and, uh, kind of having an idea of what may be going on, wind directions, different stuff like that. But being around the golf course so much, um, I've seen just about every wind direction you can have out there. We know our sight lines, what we're, where we're trying to hit it. Um, you know, the more you can execute that, the better. It doesn't always happen that way. But um, like I said, with the green, with them having sub air, um, I feel like green-wise, they should be what we're used to seeing or at least similar. And um, I think that potentially the bigger difference will be T to green um, potentially could be a bit softer, especially if there's rain that comes up uh, since we're on the, the early side of, of when they do uh, overseed and get the, the ride to uh, start growing back in, which they have to water quite a bit to, to get that to pop. So uh, the golf course is in great shape. You know, it is soft, but they're they're doing everything they can to uh, get that ryegrass to come in. And um, I've heard the greens are healthy. So, like I said, I expect uh, that the greens um, will be what we're used to seeing. You mentioned the greens there, Ricky, and I want to mine into that just a little bit more because you you yourself a notoriously great putter on the PGA Tour. It, you know, we hear a lot. You know, I, I've never stepped foot on a green at Augusta National. I understand that there are intricacies and experience plays such a large role in how well you can perform on those greens, but I'd like to hear your take. I mean, is it are there subtleties that are difficult to read? Is it really just as much about as experience as we hear that it is? Um, I wouldn't say that. I mean, it's not that the greens are, there's some little areas that may have some subtle movement. Um, but for the most part, there's, there's so much slope and such big slopes that you know where it's going to go. But, uh, once they get to tournament speed, it's very different when they're maybe, you know, two feet slower. If you're up there a couple of weeks prior, um, that can make a big difference on, you know, how the putt breaks. Um, there's a lot of putts at Augusta that you're literally just trying to two putt. You're trying to get it up there within three feet would be great. Sometimes you're just trying to get it within, you know, six feet on some putts that maybe even 10. Um, so to be able to position yourself to have, you know, maybe six to eight decently, you know, makeable birdie putts or good looks, would be a damn good day. Uh, there's a lot of times, you know, you try and take care of par five. That's the big thing out there at Augusta. Whether you look back to Zach Johnson winning and laying up and hitting wedges close uh, to guys hitting it on par fives and two or around the green to get those somewhat gimme birdies. Outside of that, it's, it's hard to get the ball um, other than when you see the ball feed and get really close 
you don't get a lot of just really simple, straightforward birdie putts. Um, you get a lot of movement, and every once in a while, you, you happen to get one that sneaks in, and it's a bit of a bonus. Um, but like I said, with those greens out there, there's, there's a lot of times you're just trying to two-putt and move on. In, in the game, Ricky, your putting stroke is amongst the, the favorites to watch. And if, if the question is asked, whose putting stroke on the PGA Tour would you, would you like to have most? I, I would say your name is among the most common that comes up. Um, and this season, we've seen you trying out a, a new putter, a new style of putter. What went into that decision? Is that something you expect to continue with going forward? Uh, or do you think you may go back to uh, Old Faithful? Well, I'm, I'm continuing with it. Um, as of now, um, I don't see it coming out of the bag anytime soon, but, um, for me, I've, I've played with a, a number of different putters over, um, I'd say the course of my golf career, which has been, I guess, almost going on 30 years now since I started as a little kid, but, um, and I've, I've gone back and forth from cross-handed to regular. I did that a lot through high school, college, into my early pro career. Uh, my first one on tour, I putted cross-handed. Um, so I've kind of gone all over the place. I, I learned a lot spending time down at Scotty Cameron with, uh, Paul Vizanko, uh, through high school. And, and when I'd be back, um, through college and, and when I first turned pro and that's really what kind of helped me develop my putting stroke. Um, not that I had a bad one before that, but just to really understand and what goes into and what affects, uh, the stroke. Um, but for me, the reason going away from the, the Newport two style of putter, um, I was just questioning if I was starting putts where I wanted to, uh, every once in a while pulling or pushing a little bit, which on fast greens, just a little bit off and those are missed putts. So going to the face balance, kind of a, you know, semi mallet, um, but in the, it's a, I guess, uh, prototype head they made a few years back, uh, leading into the current series uh, that they have in line. And for me, um, the shaft bend uh, being face balanced and the head is very easy for me to line up and see the line. Um, I really haven't had to worry about the ball starting online. Um, so that took um, that out of the equation. Right now, it's just making sure I obviously read the putts right and then um, matching the speed. So taking out a variable is, uh, is very big in putting. So if I know I'm already going to start it online, I uh, just have, you know, make sure I read it right and then uh, get the right speed. But I'm not worrying about if I'm going to start it where I want to or not. Ricky, you mentioned the evolution of your own game, which is fascinating. But I want to kind of chat a bit about the evolution of the game of golf. Uh, obviously, there's a, a chase for distance right now, or at least that's something we're all kind of talking about. So two part question here. First of all, when are we going to see some Ricky Fowler, you know, launch monitor numbers on Instagram? And and then to to go with that, uh, does this is this noise for you? Are you are you kind of buying into the distance? Like, wh- what's your opinion on the things that are happening in the, in the game right now? Well, it's definitely getting faster and faster. Um, guys are coming out, um, stronger, more fit or going through total overhauls like Bryson, um, changing his body composition and getting stronger and faster. Um, kind of really more than anyone has in the, you know, professional, like playing side of it. There's obviously long drive guys out there that are well above that, um, but they, they're more just worried about, um, you know, hitting one of every few balls in the grid. Um, 
so it's a little different kind of transitioning and as Bryson trying to find that limit of, of how fast is too fast. Uh, when does it become, you know, kind of counterproductive? Uh, for me, I, I'm not someone that can necessarily um, get to that size or uh, hold that weight. I don't think my frame is really built for that. So um, I'm typically right around the mid 150s in body weight. So I don't see myself sneaking up around 200 or, or over that anytime soon. So I'm just trying to be as efficient as possible, like I talked about earlier. Um, being more consistent and tightening up the iron game, uh, that's where I'm going to, you know, hold my own against the best in the world. Um, not, not that I'm short by any means. I'll, I'll see if I can get some good numbers, uh, up on Instagram at some point, but <laughs> I feel like, you know, I hang around the, the mid 170s. I can sneak it up to around 180, uh, low 180s every once in a while if I go at one, but I don't know if I'm going to, be sneaking up to the 190s. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll kind of stay within my own here. Ricky, you've given us so much of your time. So first of all, thank you for that. Um, and before we let you go, um, what is, as you head into this tournament and it, it's another opportunity for you to accomplish a, a lifelong dream and a lifelong goal. And there are so many of us at home here who are rooting for you. You as, as a, a fan favorite, I, I believe you're, you are a really, really important player in the, uh, in the American golf game. What's the, what's the pep talk for yourself look like as you head into the last couple of days of preparation for a tournament like this? Well, for me, you know, specifically going into the masters, um, I know exactly how to play the golf course. I know what to do. It's all about executing. So the, the days leading up, will just be checking the boxes, um, you know, making sure that uh, the shots that I'll face uh, in the greens that I'm comfortable, I know where I'm at swing wise. Um, you know, knowing what shots to hit, what not to try in certain situations. Um, so for me, just playing my game and not trying to to get too cute, uh, causing an error on top of another error, um, and ultimately go out there and have fun. It's the Masters playing Augusta. Uh, like I said, a place that I love and have. I've had a lot of success at so uh, rest up and, and get ready for the ride. So it's going to be uh, be a fun week there. Uh, We're all rooting for you, Ricky. Absolutely love it, Ricky. Thank you so much. Good luck in Augusta. Have fun and thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks guys. Appreciate it. There you have it, Greg. How cool was that, man? Oh man, it, you know it. It almost makes you nervous, right? We we are on here almost every day chatting it up about golf. You get a guy like that to come on, and it's a once in a lifetime experience. So I'm I'm excited to see how it goes for Ricky. I, I as I said, I think he's so important for the game of golf, for the American game, and I, I know that I'm I'm definitely rooting for him. So the one thing that we did not get a chance to ask him about. Uh, is that you actually have like, you know, seven degrees of separation or whatever from Ricky Fowler. He was on your bowling team or in your bowling league or something? No, so when I worked at Medalist down in Florida, we had this league. We had a league. It was called the league. And it was a bunch of the golf pros that worked at various courses in the area. Um, and there was a, the commish was at Medalist and was very friendly with Ricky. And so one night, this happened every single Monday night. We'd go, we'd bowl uh, at Jupiter Lanes. And one night, Ricky joined. 
he showed up and everybody, he was so nice. I mean, he didn't have to do this, right? You're talking about a couple guys that work at the club you work at that are going to uh, Jupiter lanes on a Monday night to bowl. And Ricky came out and joined us and everybody just had such a, a great time. And he's so great to everybody. He's such a normal guy. He fit right in. It was like no big deal. Yeah, he's driving this uh, in the Mercedes Benz in there, and he can tell. I mean, it's just he he stands out, but he at the same time he doesn't in a way because of the way he carries himself. So it was it was just great to see. I tried to work that into the interview. It didn't happen. Uh, we were talking more about Augusta, which I guess is yeah. Guess well, look, you only have so much time, and these are the important things. Bowling league, <laughs> not 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 quite as important. Uh, maybe next time, maybe in the off season, we'll do a bowling yeah. pod. Um, all right. So here's, here's where we're at. I mean, this continues our ongoing series of masters content. We'll be back with another episode post Houston open, and then we will be full throttle ahead for the masters next week. Greg, Thank you very much. As always, you can find Greg on Twitter at the real GFD. You can find me on Twitter at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut, and we'll catch you next time. <laughs>